Love black queens with introspective. See the world from a dope perspective. Type that's real heavy on the intellect. Always light on the disrespect. Conversation that keep you engaged. Free speech against the minds of a saving. They can't be the only ones. Now they can't be the only ones. A podcast that streams from coast to coast. Miss Gale and be your lovely host. To hear the show that you ain't alone. Can't be the only ones. No, we can't be the only ones. A podcast that streams from coast to coast. Welcome to our podcast. We can't be the only ones. I'm Gail. I'm B. We want to thank you for your continued support and tuning in and enjoying our chat as well as we do. And we're glad that you're here today. And guess what? I remembered. What? We're going to start with our gratitude statements. Woo! I have a little <laughs> monkey wrench for that. Oh, my. <laughs> Just when I remember. I know, right? Um, I, you can go first if you want to, but I wanted to add mine at the end of the show if because it'll make sense at the end. Unless you want to hold on. If you want to go first, and then I'll just... No, I'll wait and do it at the end, too, if okay. it makes sense. All right. Wonderful. All right. I don't like that, though. What? What? Changing up the program? Yeah. My bad. My bad. Took me this, will, this, this will probably and be... And finally, I, I learned how to do something, and now I got it all wrong. Thank you, Alina. Alina has chips that I'm eating as well, and she is not a happy camera about that. Well, speaking of Alina, this episode kind of, since it's, it's my baby this week, um, this episode kind of spurred on from me thinking about Alina, um, those who know her and me and us know that last, was it Saturday? I think it was last Saturday. Last Saturday, Alina made the decision to cut all of her hair off. And so now she just has a very low cut at this point in time. And um, her stepmother, Sabrina, was the one who cut her hair. And, you know, she was she was kind of a little bit more distraught about it than I was, <laughs> to say the least. Um but she was still very supportive in Alina cutting her hair. And while we were there and after she cut her hair, you know, we went through calling individuals in the family to kind of, you know, because no one knew that Alina was cutting her hair. And at that moment when she would call people, there it was just so supportive around her decision to cut her hair. And I mean, her father was just like, oh my God, you look like me, but a more beautiful version of me <laughs> because my baby daddy is bald headed. So like, you know, we have that going on. But I mean, there was just a domino effect of support that just rallied around her. So I guess my whole thing was I, I realized in that moment Yes, 
I, you know, between the conversation that we had in January when Alina first told us that she wanted to cut her hair off and us getting to that point, you know, yes, I could pat myself on the back about that. But what I realized was that a lot of who Alina is has to do with the village that she has around her. So it's not just me. It's, you know, the whole village that she has around her that is always in her corner to support her. And then I started to think as well, like, okay, you know, and I've discussed this um, in therapy because we were going through our, like, childhood and stuff like that. And one of the things that was spoken about was, yes, there were things that probably shouldn't have happened um within the family but at the same time because we grew up in a pretty much an immigrant community where my grandmother stayed in one like i mean we stayed on the same block my grandmother stayed in one place when my aunts got old enough they stayed in like the next apartment over then we were an apartment over and then there were cousins as well when we were younger as well who lived on that same area so there was a bit of an insulation as well of a village type mm -hmm. of thing there too where even when there were things that came up there was always a buffer to kind of insulate me and to catch me or to remove me if the circumstances needed to be removed um so that's kind of what i wanted to do and i guess to you gail like how was it did you feel like you had a village growing up or was it more of a nuclear family well we when i grew up i didn't have friends outside the family because the family was so large okay we had so many cousins and um my my grandmother was, we lived in the house with my grandmother and next door was my um, cousins, my Aunt Essie. Around the corner was my grandmother's brother and a couple of houses of his family in a row. When I say around the corner, two seconds you at their house. Mm -hmm. It wasn't far to go. And around the other corner was another set of cousins and we just... We just had so many cousins that we were always, because my grandmother actually, her sister died and she raised her sister's children. Yes. And so they were always close and we were always near to each other. So we're at either somebody's house or they were at our house and my cousins, if their mother worked, they were at, you know, a grandma's house. Mm -hmm. So, um, we were just always, we were insulated in that way. It was basically all family. So it was really weird when I did go to school and met other kids. Mm -hmm. I just thought that they would be like just loving and kind because we never even bickered or fought that much. Only except 
my one cousin, my cousins used to do mean things to me, but boy, boy mean, not mean, mean. It was like they'd be outside smoking and we're not allowed to smoke. We weren't allowed to smoke cigarettes. So they would blow the smoke on me and go, mom, she out here smoking, smell her. Mm. And then we used to have soda pop and they would want mine. And they would take mine because I was littler. So then I would get my soda pop and spit in it. Okay. So okay. They would... <laughs> Wait, I didn't know that that was going there. <laughs> so, I mean, it was, but it's just stuff that as kids, you know, but that's, it was just me, my cousins. There was not other people. Everybody else was like outsiders to us. Okay. Yeah. I want to say in the neighborhood, there were still, I mean, it was a fairly a very immigrant neighborhood or a very, um, I would want to say Caribbean neighborhood. So even like our next door neighbor, once you got past the family, um, the, the neighbor on the corner, Miss Mary, you know, she had a hand and making sure that things were going straight. So it was like, you couldn't fall out of line because she was there. And then there were other families around there where it was so close knit to a certain extent that you really couldn't, all eyes, even if they weren't your parent, were kind of making sure that you weren't stepping out of line too much. Um, And one of the things, if we could fast forward to Alina again, um, I think uh, for her, very early on, her and me and her dad split while before she could even walk. And I think before then, or maybe because I was in college when I um, had had her, And I think I was going to be a teacher first. And then I realized I didn't like children in bunches that way. And so that is so funny. And so then I started to take psychology courses. And one of the things that stuck with me at that point in time um, within that course was that the father of the child had such a great impact on the outcome of that child versus the mother so even early on then you know when we did split I knew that he needed to have a constant role in her life and that required me because he had at that point in time gotten with Sabrina to kind of take a like take the humble pill and drink water and mind your business and whatever happens between them is whatever happens between them but at the same time i had to realize that whatever he had going on wasn't my business Mm -hmm. and then on top of that i didn't want him so that made it a whole lot easier for me to be like well okay well fine but then (laughs) it also it also introduced Sabrina into her life as a second mother to become another parent in her life. And and I remember that. Yeah. So it it was just one of those things that, again, that was kind of just like an opening to it where it was just like he wanted to be a part of her life. 
I needed to not get in the way of him being in her life so that whatever the relationships that would occur with Sabrina would occur because even to this day, 12 years later and some change, Alina is not Sabrina's birth child, but she treats her as such. Yeah. And then even when it comes to her family members, that's another group of a village that Alina has that she can rely on. So her step, her Sabrina's mother, if you guys can follow me, is Alina's extra grandparent. And, you know, the grandfather, I don't, my dad passed away before Alina died. So now she has a Haitian grandparent and Sabrina's dad. And she has all these aunts. And then she also has all of these family members around her to kind of catch her mm-hmm. so you raised julian did you kind of were you able to kind of find a place or a village around him and well, how did you do so julian was born in california mm-hmm. so i lived in california and my uncle and uh, my aunt juliet and papo and um dewey my cousins were there and my uncle Freddie was there for like a nanosecond then he moved back east so basically that was all the family that I had there mm-hmm. so when Julian was little it it was really weird because I met a Haitian family um, a French family um, people from New Orleans because Texas there were people in California in the LA area it was like it was Julian was born there, and most everybody there came from some place else. Okay, they were transplants. And, and there was, you know, I was in my twenties, so I met other women who were single moms too, and we all kind of gathered together. We would watch each other's kids, and my, I had such a tough time finding a, a sitter for Julian because I didn't really have a job or had the money, but I needed to get a job. And I finally got this Haitian family. And at the time, I didn't know they were Haitian. It wasn't here. It didn't matter. Mm-hmm. And but she had like, oh my, she had nine children. Wow. And from they were grown past my age to little to babies. Julian's age. And no, well actually, Julian was the youngest. Oh, okay. She had kids. All her kids were older. And they used to ride by in the van and pick up Julian and take him to the movies. I mean, it was like so hilarious to me that they would just scoop. And my mother would come visit and go, where's Julian? Oh, he's out with his other family. And that's just the way they just, she, and she was, had a sitter service where she babysat children. And um, her husband became ill. So she gave up the sitter service. And I started looking for somebody else and I found a woman and I told her, I said, I really appreciate you hanging out until I found someone. And she said, what are you talking about? I said, I got someone that will take Julian for me to go to work. She said, Julian is our child. You can't take our child. Mm-hmm. So, and I was like, oh, because you made the announcement. She said, you just happen to be in the room. And she like literally smacked me in the top of my head. And that's when I found out she was Haitian because then she cussed me. 
in another language. And I said to her daughter, what she just said, <laughs> she just called you stupid. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's when I found out that they, that they were Haitian. And it was hilarious. And uh, I mean, there was an African family there. So Julian learned all this different music, all mm-hmm. the different food. And uh, there wasn't anything he could do in that neighborhood that somebody wouldn't know. And, and when he did well, they all came out too. And we did it for all the kids. Yeah. And there's actually a term for that. It's called an alloparent. Okay. So like, basically the alloparent is someone who provides care to a non-descendant. Well, so, you didn't mention me and Elena. Well, I'm not there yet. Oh, okay. Look at you. I'm getting all like, what? I'm not, I'm not an alloparent? I want to be an alloparent. Okay, so there is a term for that, which is called alloparent. And so um, back to Gail not having a moment about herself. <laughs> it's basically someone, again, who provides care to a non-descendant. And the beauty in, I found, like, the beauty in having a village is that there's just such a buffer. Um, and I don't just mean, like, for Alina. I mean, I there's a village within my friendships as well. So to, to, to today... Um, you know, Alina cut her hair, we supported her. So I had a friend, uh, I have a friend who's a photographer who was like, okay, well, we can do a photo shoot for her. So that's a person that I've known, um, since I was in high school and we've been friends for this long time. And again, he's gone to Alina's baby shower. He's seen her grow up. You know, he's taken all of our pictures mm-hmm. that are professional, um, between her and I. And in that moment, he knew to reach out and say, hey, this child is going through something or she's done something. How can I support in whichever way that I can support? It's a momentous moment. Yes. So the village just kind of comes together as it does. But it does take, for me, I'm only speaking for myself, a great level of vulnerability and it takes a great level of taking yourself out of the situation because there was a time when Alina's father, um, for work, he had to go to Atlanta and he had to work in Atlanta. And so it was basically, I mean, I still had my mom and my dad, I mean, not my dad, I'm sorry. I still had my mom who lived around the corner, which goes to show like, you know, you're never too far from home at that moment. But at the same time, she had already grew that bond with Sabrina's family. Mm-hmm. So, and Sabrina had went to Georgia as well. And I remember her mom texting me or calling me and she was like, you know, we, we love her. She's like, our, she's like our grandchild. Like I don't see her as different. So every few weekends or so, she would go over there and have, you know, whatever time that they spent together, they would share regardless of the fact that her dad was miles and miles away and her stepmother was miles and miles away. There's still a decision that needs to be made because some people would be like, I don't know you. 
Yeah. Who are you? Why should I keep you as a part of the life? And I just, again, because I had grown so accustomed to stepping outside of parenting all being about me, that I knew that I've always had it in my head that a child can never have enough love. They can never see too many versions of love. And when we try to like stand in the way or we are fearful or we are jealous, it it blocks the beauty that is to surround that child and that buffer that that child could have. And I have just learned that because a lot of people are like, well, how do you do it? I'm like, I just kind of mind my business. I know they love her. I know they care about her. I've seen it, but I don't have time to be jealous because Alina thinks of Sabrina as another mom. She does because she treats her like she's another mom. Or, you know, I don't hear the grandmas, including yourself, fussing and fighting, but like, I'm the best one. Like, we all kind of know that we are just surrounding this child and trying to give her the best that we can. Whether or not you're an alloparent or you're like a maternal grandmother, there's just like stepping outside of yourself and knowing that maybe Gail sees things a little bit differently than I am and can impart some wisdom on Alina that I don't see. Or maybe Mama, who she, that's what she calls her... um Sabrina's mom, maybe she sees certain things a certain way and can impart that on her. And so when I see Alina, I don't ever only see me because there's just so many people in her life Mm -hmm. that are there to mold and shape her. So I just think that's a pretty cool thing um, for Alina to have. But even if we were to even step further into like her teachers, you know, you have teachers who are allo parents where you, well, I don't know about now, now that school's online and how that works out. But even as (laughs) as when she was younger, you know, there were teachers in her life that were there to guide her along the way. So I, I think as parents, we just have to kind of, when we can foster those relationships because we have just grown more increasingly like nuclear, like mom, dad, kids, and that's it. And so what happens when there's a shock to that nuclear family, when you haven't fostered everything around it, because I literally feel God forbid, you know, God forbid something is to occur to me. And I were to perish, I know, right? Alina would be okay. Because there would be something. There'd be a fight to the finish. There would be, yes. (laughs) Yes. And I mean, her father is there, but there would be so many people there like, no, she can come with me. No, she can come with me. She already lives here. What are you talking about? (laughs) I don't understand. So, yeah. And that's even to like Julian and Jordan, Kyle and Fran, when they come down here to visit, they never, whenever we, they want to go someplace, it's always in consideration of Berlin and Alina. Mm-hmm. And if, if you can't come, oh, okay, Alina's coming, right? I know. 
I mean, there's pictures that have been on Facebook, and people know they don't have a girl. They'd be like, this, is that their child? We didn't know they had a child. They had another child. I, it was so hilarious. Some of her friends were like, you had another child? Like, no. But because she just fits right in. Yeah. She just she just goes with it. And they don't ever talk to me and not say, how is she? How are you? Yeah. They just don't. And when Alina wanted to do something, I said, call them. They, I mean, he, he's, I don't care how busy he is. Mm -hmm. He'll want to help you. Yeah. You know, and it's just, so that's all the way to New Jersey and back. But I, I do think it's a phenomenon that is because the world became so small. Yeah. We became so private. We, well, no, when I grew up, our family was nearby, mm -hmm. all the family, from third, fourth, fifth, sixth cousins, mm -hmm. grandmas, great-grandmas, because great-grandmas were still alive, and near everybody was close. Yeah. We could reach out and touch. So when I grew up, I didn't, I didn't need an outside system. Mm-hmm. And not need, there wasn't one. There was like neighbors, Miss Taylor. And and the funny part is our neighbors were godparents. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't have to go that far because everybody was there. Nobody left the nest, so to speak. And I think when my, gener my generation was the first ones to leave. There are some statistics that yeah around the 1920s that's when you began to see a little bit of the deterioration of multi-generational families but would that be white or black it was white mainly yeah, because but it as was different. time as time went on and you had the women's liberation movement and everything else people began to like more more so be individualistic so it was based yeah. on the needs of yours versus the need of the collective and i also think it has to do with education as well because in my family my my cousins who lived in what we considered then they moved to suburbia uh-huh and they had, you know, the real big house. They weren't in a row home because I don't recall any of my family living in an apartment. We all lived in row homes. Uh -huh. And the apartments came, my generation, we moved into apartments. Because before me, I mean, it was so hard for my parents that I moved out. They were like, you're supposed to live here. What are you talking about? You're not married. Where are you going? Mm -hmm. You're supposed to be in this house. You don't leave this house till a man carries you out. Well, that was such a shock to them that it just, it was so odd. But then I didn't expect Julian to come back home. In fact, at college, when he was done college, where are you going? Because I'm redoing your room. <laughs> but it, it just... And I think that's really was the transition of it then. And when people started moving out where we could, because we couldn't move to suburbia before. 
Mm-hmm. And when my cousins moved to suburbia, it wasn't white suburbia. It was still a black area yes. okay. that we had cultivated and called it suburbia because it was a house that was unattached. Okay. That's what suburbia meant to us. When you could walk around somebody's house and they had a driveway. You were living large. Whoop! Huge. And, uh, and I mean, our row homes had Jersey. We had basements. So a basement wasn't a bit, but a basement with a, a restroom. Stop it. You were truly living life large. But I, I think that's what that's when that happened. And that was probably I was born in 51. So I'd probably say I graduated in 69. And before then, my cousins had moved. So somewhere in the early 60s. Mm-hmm. I experienced that in my family where people started to branch out, mm-hmm. but still not far enough that you didn't visit. I mean, our nucleus, our, our family originated in Virginia and we would still go to Virginia to see everyone. Oops. West Virginia. Oh. Can you? It wasn't West Virginia. <laughs> so, but we would still go and see them and keep the connection. Yeah. But that's when we, and then when I went to California, I think I was the first one that really left the nucleus of the family because weddings, funerals, and things happened. I was not there to participate. You know, so far. Right. I knew, and there was such a disconnect. I mean, for me to come home and talk about my friends who babysat Julian, and they were like, what? Yeah, I had a, I, I yeah, I had a lot of those moments where people were like, "You're letting who be around your child?" Like I would never be cool with the person that your baby daddy mm-hmm. got with, and I'm like, "What? I don't get why." First of all, that would mean I would have to care. You want me to care about things? that are petty for you but are like insignificant to me so it's just one of those things where people are just baffled because it seems progressive and i can understand outside looking in it's like how do you guys do that well berlina i thought the same thing because i remember our first conversation we were at the job and our first conversation, I was like, you need that, you know, he has somebody else and that they might see Alina. And I was like, you need to get a lawyer <laughs> and make sure things are on the up and up. And you were like, yeah. And I was like, okay. So I called my cousin and had him on standby just in case. No. But it, it, that was unusual even then. Yeah. And I don't think it's always because somebody is they want to be in somebody else's business i think it's always because they have unfinished business with that person oh yeah i was done so you were and but most people it's not because they want to know about her that other woman they're not done Uh, they need to wrap it up and move on and they use children as placeholders Yes. For their emotions. <clears throat> yes. Yes. And even, yeah, I, that I don't get. And I mean, again, very early on, I knew to get out of his way. 
And I the the first thing I do remember ever you saying about that was I said to you something about where was Alina, and you said, "Oh, she's with her dad." I said, well, "What are they doing?" She said, "I don't know." I was like, "What?" I think they were going somewhere. I'm yeah. like, "Well, do you know where they're going?" I'm like, "Do you have a number in my head?" I'm like, "She don't know where her child is." What? And then I remember so clearly, like it was just happening. You said to me, she's with her father. I trust that that's her father. Mm -hmm. He's going to take care of her. And I thought that was such, it rang a bell. Yeah. That most people, number one, they're not finished and they don't trust. Yeah. But then if someone questions the mother about your whereabouts, what you're doing, oh, there is hell to pay. Yeah. But it has to be, if you have this child by this man, unless there's some nefarious situation that happens and you get pregnant, mm -hmm. at one point you loved them, cared mm -hmm. about them. Or decided to lay up with them. You still have to, hey, trust this you do just there has to be or what is the point no and you true. just rang a bell for me i thought wow that's pretty cool yeah it's true it's like how can i can't micromanage everything i i just can't and i as a father i knew that he i mean the way he loves alina is just like First of all, Alina has no bad things to say about her dad. Not one thing. But that I think that's the beauty of it. Because there was a stepping outside of it. There wasn't ever me in her ear talking about such and such and who he's with and why he's with her. That, it just never occurred to me. And after a while, Sabrina and I... I mean, we've been able to cultivate a friendship as well. But I, I, I'm going to put that all on you. Even though and I know Sabrina, she's a sweet woman, very nice. I admire her and consider her a friend. But I still put that on you. Because most times that, that's the pot stir, the outside woman. Oh, the, it's usually the, the pot stirrer. That's the one who has a stick inside the pot of the new couple. Yeah. It's not too often the woman that's in the pot because she there. She ain't got, I ain't got to stir up no trouble. I'm already here. I got this. But you, you were not the pot stirrer. And I think that was kind of startling to, to all of you. Not you, but it, to them. It may have been startling. They, you know, as as a woman in a relationship with uh, uh, someone who has an attachment, you wait for that other shoe to fall. But in the show that, as my grandmother would say, you're going to throw that shoe in the house and cause some trouble. But you never did. Yeah, I had no reason to. Because you were done. Yeah. And not in a bad way done, just done. And you weren't playing the games of I'm going to keep him from his child, I'm going to do... You were not playing the games. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, again, always knew that he needed to develop a relationship with her that wasn't dependent on me and what I thought. And by default, it just grew into the other people in her life 
that those are relationships that I, as Alina is getting older and she's going into her teenage years, I know that there's going to be a natural inclination for her to think that whatever I'm talking about is garbage. It just is. It just is. Like, she does that already. That's what I'm saying. But I just know that, but it's it's a natural occurring that's thing. That's because you so. had a photo shoot today, so you think on all that nice stuff. And no, she's not even talk about your allowance. That's she, another reason. I don't even why. have an allowance. I get paid for Hello, we're doing a podcast. <laughs> oh, <I'm sorry>. Focus. <laughs> oh, my God. you're supposed to point that out. <laughs> she ain't getting paid this week. <laughs> you, you're the one who's targeting it. <laughs> and you're supposed to stop it. We're I still not focusing. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Where were we? <laughs> The village. <laughs> yes. We never got to my part in the village. I'm so stressing right now. Go ahead, girl, because <laughs> at the same time, like, you just went off, and I don't remember what I was saying, but go ahead. Go, girl. Whatever. No, I don't know. What is my part in the village? You never mentioned it. I'm like, I said you were talking about that later, remember? Okay. Okay, let's, okay, let's retract. Mother, you were talking about how, wait, I got it, I got it. Okay, so you're talking about how, like, um, you were just like done and whatever, and then you were okay, and you were just gonna let me embrace. Like, have that relationship. Yes. So and she's back a to teenager now. Yeah. So she's a teenager. Thank you. So she's a teenager now, or about to be a teenager very soon. And as that occurs, they tend not to really like. They just think you know you've never lived a life. That's what I think, and I'm only thinking that as myself as a teenager like you don't envision your parent probably knowing what they're talking about but at the same time there's a blessing in her having buffers so even if it's not me and she just thinks that i'm talking you know mess out of like thin air there are going to be other adults in her life that she can feel comfortable going to, including her therapist, that she can speak to and they can give her another perspective that may be different from mine or may exactly be the same thing as well. Well, you know, I didn't have that because of the the, the all family. We had cousins that we talked to, but they were the same age or a few years older. Okay. It was and, a multi-generational. But I, I think the thing was, though, be, my grandmother was never in dispute. No one ever disputed what she said. Mm. And it wasn't out of fear. It was at a, a, a level of such respect for her. Because my grandmother was, she was always one of those people that she gave sage advice, mm-hmm. not um, you had to ask for it. And when she spoke, you responded. Whereas with my mother, I could banter with her. I almost took my mother as my older sister because we lived in a, a three generational house. Okay, so then and she was a uh, she was already being held accountable to your mother, so you could see her mother. Right. So it was like, okay, well, you got a mama, and she's telling you what to do. Yeah, and so I went to the source. Uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> going straight to grandmama. I don't know what you're doing. 
and it it, it we it, it was a, a sort of like a battle with that with me and my mother constantly until my grandmother died mm. and then my mother got the position of being the mother wow. up until then because i always had my grandma i mean my cousin and i literally physically thought about who my grandmother loved the best it was always me there you go yeah why not? I'm not surprised you would think but that. But that was, we never really had that, just me and my mother, because my grandmother was like, because she never really, what she said just always seemed to work out. It's almost like sometimes she could see the future. She's a little eerie. Yeah. And I think, again, all of that is just, as, I, as I've aged, like I was talking to my mom yesterday about, how she grew up um because i was wondering okay well i grew up kind of in a very multi-generational thing or um neighborhood and so i had asked her and she didn't have the same upbringing it was a little bit different for her but what they did have was um you know she had brothers and sisters and then my aunts as well eventually came but for her she didn't necessarily grow up with my grandmother because my grandmother went to bahamas and would send money so that my mom could go to school and things of that sort so that was even surprising to me but i guess the circumstances of immigrating to Mm -hmm. the united states caused that to occur because i was thinking in my head oh well she kind of probably had a multi-generational thing too because that would what it would have been and that was surprising to me so even that was just sheer circumstance and luck that i had my grandmother i had my aunts i had my grandmother's younger boyfriend who you know grandma is 90 something and she got a 20 something year old boyfriend so and they've been together for like 50 years So, you know, when he took the role of being a grandfather as well. So that was more so sheer luck, I think. But I think with Alina, it's intention. Right. That is the difference. And I think even to the way I was reared and the family connection, my grandmother was bold to have left Virginia to come north. Mm-hmm. She left a husband because she wanted a better life for her children. She was no longer doing the, the sharecropper kind of thing. Mm. She was done. And I don't know what happened to make her done, but something did, and she moved north. Yeah. So living on a farm to go into a row house was so much better, and she brought her kids, and she was alone. So she uprooted and disconnected herself and I'm I'm pretty sure that's similar to what how your mom must have felt a little disconnected. Yeah. So you have to connect in a different way. So then the family seemed to follow her. Yeah. You know, um, her sister's kids and they they came. So I saw my grandmother as someone who reached beyond this nucleus. 
she was the one who was outside the nucleus, mm. garnering friends, bringing people in, treating them like family. Yeah. You have to see that, I believe, to emulate it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's part of, because again, there are just things within my childhood um, that occurred where we were removed for a short period of time. And my grandmother was there to take us in. So there, there, there's always like a buffer, but I am like so very grateful for the circumstances as they occurred that I was placed in that space and time mm -hmm. to be okay. And knowing that, I guess, unintentionally and absorbing it, unconsciously as a child that there is never enough love and the love that you receive may not come in the way that you think it's packaged on TV where there's a mom, a dad, and your two kids and a dog, and that's a family. For me, the family is who I, you know, who I'm cultivating these friendships with and even with Alina going to school you know my friend Alana she's basically like another mother to Alina mm -hmm. so you know you have another source of motherhood that you can draw on that isn't just me and that's not something that I'm jealous of it's just kind of like and even with her kids I love them like they're my own and I'm okay with that. And you know, the, the other moms at Morningside, we would get together, we would get the kids together. You know, we would talk about parenting. We would go out to, you know, dinner every once in a while. And that is just kind of having like, you're not alone. And I, having uprooted myself to go to California, it was a very traumatic thing to have Julian and be disconnected from the nucleus. Julian, the thing that made me move back home was he flew home with my mother, and um, which was very traumatic for him. And he had, I had to fly to go get him because he just couldn't handle, it was too soon for him to leave the wound, so to speak. But when we came home, it was so ironic. He had numbered all his cousins. He numbered them and put in, and remembered their name and just how many cousins he had. And he was so proud of that. And that was like, okay, I gotta go home. I gotta put him. This Where is family. This is. is a family for him. And he stayed in touch with some of his friends in California. That I mean, he. He knew he was fluent in Spanish there because of the Mexican kids we met. Mm -hmm. And but I had to come home for him to connect with his family so he could have that nest to fall back on should he need it. Yeah, because and it was just so remarkable to me that he was that young and he knew everybody's name and gave him each a number. And he was so proud of how many cousins that he had. And I think sometimes when you leave the nest, you forget well, because you, you do let the outer circle become so close, so important mm -hmm. that you do forget the family connections. 
Yeah. And I, I mean, and I do feel like because I am speaking in this sense when it comes to rearing Alina because of the multitude of layers of individuals that she has in her life. I'm speaking from a place of privilege because I'm sure that there are people who are just doing it alone, mm-hmm. you know, as a single mother with no one to help them or no family around and no friends. And my heart extends out to them because that has to be tough. I've recently had a friend that was here and with her four kids sharing a home with someone, no family here, having a disconnect. And this is before the pandemic happened. And I said to her, you need to go home because you're not connecting with anyone here. Mm-hmm. You feel disconnected every day is a hardship and there's no one to comfort you. And we're good friends. And as your good friend, go back to your nucleus. Yeah. You might need a jump start. Yeah. And that's one of the benefits. I think back to the dandelion and the orchid, which I like, I love that whole theory. But one of the biggest benefits of an extended family is resilience. You, you have, oops, sorry. That's my bedtime recording kind of late at my bedtime and her and I are still we still stay in touch and talk and do all of that because I still feel like her extended family and I check on the kids and talk to the kids Mm -hmm. but she needed to return to the nest and my heart breaks for people who have no nest to return to yeah yeah that That they disconnected now I personally dis I I just I was disconnected from my nest the first time because I had an unwanted pregnancy by my family. It was, you should not be pregnant Mm -hmm. and not married. So I was exiled to Mm. California and my family actually thought I'd had the baby and come back. And I was like, no, I ain't happening. I'm good. Peace, peace out. And, but I did finally come back for Julian. For me, I I probably would have never come back. And then that disconnect never really reconnected for me. My younger cousins that I grew up with, we stay tight. Mm -hmm. And I connected Julian to all as many as I could for him to connect with the family. But then there are, are also family dynamics that cause you to disconnect. And when that happens, if you don't have the skill or have seen how you can make that, in a sense, artificial family, Mm -hmm. you're going to be in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I have a current friend now that will not accept the artificial family connecting to them. Well, I think for some people it's, it's foreign. It's a foreign concept, especially because within the last few generations, there has been a a nuclear family. And so, because you're, I can't speak for that, but I would assume because you're so used to it just being a certain set of people, it's hard to get accustomed to that world of everyone rallying around you. And holding yes. and lifting you up. So I would imagine that that 
could be also a barrier for those who grew up where there wasn't the multi-generational and the allo parents and you know and if you don't have something to go back to that's familiar yeah like i have the church and i grew up in the church we always went to church and that's like another that's another family the church family yeah so i can connect to a church group and develop a family with them and feel comfortable and safe there to, to to many degrees so i have my sister's of the church that we connect yeah in that sense yeah and some people don't they don't have and I can't I have to always thank my grandmother because she was the first to show you know hey reach out bring them in mm-hmm. love them and and that's how I feel about those that I only a centered those type of people around me yeah yeah so I say all this to say that there there is a clear goal in parenting alina i don't know if you had a clear goal with julianne but my and i don't you can share if you do if you did and still do because i don't think parenting ever ends i did my clear goal for him was i wanted him to get to college finish the college the fact that he went to yale blew me away i never thought that wasn't my goal that was his and the other thing is I didn't want my goals to get in the way of his goals. I wanted him, but I wanted to help steer him to accomplish to goals that were within his reach and beyond. Yeah. So that was important to me, the people that surrounded him, because we had kind of a nefarious little family. You know, you know I, I used to kid people and say, yeah, we, we're the circus family, some of us. But, um, you know, we had some people that they were riding the law and some who got out of it and did extremely well with their lives and some who never got out. Yeah. So I tried to keep him and Camden, New Jersey, that's a tough city to grow up in. And the fact that he grew up there and survived, I, I, I meet children at where I work now there's a young lady from Camden who will not tell anybody she's from Camden. I said, girl, you need to be proud because you made it to this private college. Shut up. Uh-huh. Tell people where you come from because you've achieved something. But he did not achieve any of that without that Support. what you say, though, not just the nucleus of the family, but friends, extended people who heard he was going and say, what can we do to help you? Uh-huh. What does he need? How much, we know that's expensive. You need some money, we'll send you money. Um, I will not name them because they'd be embarrassed, but any money that boy needed for school, he paid. There you go. It was like a blank check. And he said, I don't even want him to thank me. I just want him to do it. Yeah. And, and I have, that circles all the way back to my grandmother. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, one of my clear goals with Alina. I, I kind of view parenting not there's a Khalil Gibran, um, the prophet, and in there he has his section on children where I mean it basically starts off with your children are not your children. Yes. And that is so ironic the first time you told me that, because when I was pregnant with Julian, 
I read that. Oh, I read it every year. every day and rubbed my belly when I carried him to remind myself I don't own this. Yes. Yes. So for Alina, I've never thought of her as, I don't think people belong to be people, first of all. But for Alina, I knew that even though she came from me, she wasn't me. And I didn't own her. And so knowing that very early on and having that reminder every year that I read the prophet that this child is not my child and I can't put my dreams onto her and I can't put my will onto her, but I can facilitate her and I can point her in the right direction and I can, you know, let people in who love her love her and be a part of her life and watch her grow. I've always kind of said my goal with Alina is so that when she grows into an adult, she is a kind, smart, fully functional human being that can go out into the world and do whatever it is she chooses to do. I know Julian's kind. Sometimes I wonder where he got that. So funny. So, <laughs> if we were to wrap this up, because I guess I'll wrap it up with the gratitude, and I'll go first. Wait a minute! You still haven't talked about how I have been in her life. Oh my gosh! So, if we were to wrap this up regarding gratitude, I am so grateful for, and I'm reflective in this week that I'm grateful for every single person who has loved Alina, including you, Gail, since you want a, a, your name to be spoken out loud. Um, in her, I I'd get more than that, but good. <laughs> in her life from, you know, the Morningside moms to Sabrina's family to my family to teachers to my friends who check in on her to make sure that she's good to grandparents to the program that she's in to her therapist to just everyone who takes a little bit of their time and a little bit of their energy and a lot of bit of their love to extend that and to share that with Alina I am just so very grateful for that in ways that I can't ever be able to express. I'll take that as personally to me. There you go. So what are you grateful for this week? Well, I don't know. I wouldn't, before we wrap it all up, I would like to say I'm, I really do enjoy uh, Alina, although we, we bicker and fight endlessly. But I do. Um, she is the granddaughter I never had. And sometimes she's so much like me that it's scary. And she also reminds me of my mother. Mm-hmm. She's very, um, my mother was always a kind woman to people and, and did not want to speak ill of others. And Alina does not like it and doesn't like it if she hears us. Um, oh yeah, and that is that's pretty 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 good, and she reminds me of her on a daily basis. So 
what are you grateful for? I don't know, because I'm about to cry. <laughs> My southern sensibilities have kicked in. I see. I know. <laughs> but I, I'm just very grateful for all of this. Because you don't know how long life is. And I think of Miguel now, because Miguel's like, I love it when you cry. <laughs> there you go, Miguel. But um, not your father. Oh, okay. No, not, at all. <laughs> not my baby daddy. No, that's not my but baby I, I'm daddy. I'm very grateful for that because, I, I mean, I came to California for a whole nother scenario, and if I had, I would have never imagined where I am today. Mm-hmm. This is Florida, though. But I just would not have imagined the, the situation and how it is and how it all worked out, and I'm super grateful. Because God knew. Mm-hmm. And he brought me here. And I'm just pleased and happy. So thank you. You're very welcome. So next week, FYI, the grateful portion, unless you want to switch it around to the middle or the end. I'll forget again. We'll go towards <laughs> I make such an effort we'll go, to remember. I know. We'll go towards the beginning. But I did kind of want to go through the whole portion because it just... It, it tied up at the end as to why well, you I could was have done grateful. both though yeah but i just thought it was better yeah so we did a thing again and thank you guys so much for tuning in please 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 be sure to share with three people yes um please be sure to like on whatever platform that you're on and to leave a comment as well, um, letting us know and any feedback. And what I am thinking of doing as well is um, for an email. So that way we can get feedback and topics of conversation or you guys can text us to see if there's anything that you guys would like us to talk about. We'd be sure to discuss that as well. Might be a good time to get the blog going. Yeah, and we may very well get the blog going. That's in the work and in the background as well. So once we get that going, we'll be able to put that in the show notes and, you know, advise on that. But as always, always, always be safe. Wait, I thought I went first. Okay, you go first. I don't even know what I have to say now. Hold on. Oh my goodness. I love it. Okay. Oh my goodness. I swear. Hold on. I'm not even going to like not take this out. But be safe. Be well. Be easy. And be blessed. And be yeet. Y'all welcome, y'all. We're taking that out. No, you're not. All right, bye. Bye. (laughs)